Hello, hello. Welcome to episode 20 of Making a Marketer. I'm your host, Megan Powers, and I am at Megan Powers on the Twitter. And my business is Powers of Marketing. I am super excited to be back and live. This is our first live in season two. So um, I'm dusting off the cobwebs and I'm hoping that uh, that all goes well. We have a killer guest today, Christy Gillentine. Hi, Christy. Hi. So I, this is the second time that I have been on a Twitter Smarter with Madeline Sklar and then decided I had to have her guest on our podcast. So um, this is obviously the live version of, um, of the podcast. We'll pull the audio and it'll end up on the, um, on the actual podcast. But uh, we're walking the walk and doing the live thing, which is super important uh, within the social space. So, But today our, our topic is a little bit of a different Thing. We're not talking social marketing. We're talking about a really important topic. Um, um, when she was on Madeline's show, the name of the show was using social media to speak up. Um, and so I just have huge respect for Christy and her sharing her story, what she's gone through, um, and um, like mad respect because. You know, we hear a lot about online bullying or harassment, like as it relates to kids, I think, like in teenagers and school. And um, but I think it's such an important conversation to have um, as adults who can also experience uh, these kinds of things online. And so um, I'm going to have Christy briefly tell the story of of kind of of her journey and what got us to this point in talking about it um, today. But first, I would love if you just tell us, uh, tell my audience a little bit about yourself and kind of what you're up to. You're in Houston, right? Yes, and thank you for having me. I am. I, my name is Christy Gillentine, and I'm uh, work for a PR communications agency based in Houston, Drive West Communications, and uh, my background is in news, but I've been a storyteller my whole life, and um, I've been in the, the social media communications space for years, and um, through social media, met a man, and, um, you know, it, we became friends, and I think from the very beginning, something was just off-putting and um you know our relationship was just always made me just at least a little bit uncomfortable sometimes more so um you know inappropriate emojis or um you know hearts lots of hearts and saying love you and miss you and thinking about you and so it was just it was an inappropriate it was just inappropriate communications that made me uncomfortable. And then when we finally met in person, there was a lot of, you know, lingering hugs and kisses on the cheek and the neck and, and just I, me trying so hard to be nice to this guy who seemed very innocent. You know, you, you think you're supposed to trust him. He's married. He has a child. Um, he's, you know, respected in this community. We have so many mutual friends and so it ended up with me, even with all these red flags going off, me feeling very um, guilty for not trusting him 
and for feeling the way that I did. And, uh, it was just, I, we attended, even though we live in different States, we attended four conferences. Um, we were at the same conference and every time it was like, he was always just kind of right there. Um, taking photos and videos of me when I didn't know that he was taking photos and videos of me. Um, and just kind of, you know, I would, I would lie and say I was going to one session and I would go to another session hoping that he wouldn't be there and he'd follow me. And, um, it was just, you know, it was, it was weird in all, in a whole lot of ways. And I think that he was, he, he manipulated me into thinking that, you know, he's just this trustworthy, nerdy, socially awkward guy. And it's something wrong with me that I'm not accepting him. Um, so I was attending a conference in Houston, uh, that he was planning to attend. And I ended up finally telling a friend of mine kind of what was going on just so that she was aware so that she could kind of run interference. Um, between us during that conference and she ended up being harassed by him. And then, um, two of us, as we talked, became six of us. And then six of us became 12 of us. And at that point I said, you know, I need to make a public post and just let everybody know what's going on because 12 people is too many. And within a week and a half of making that public post, the number grew to 36 women who came forward to me making reports against this guy. Um, and the, you know, it varied from those inappropriate love you miss you thinking about you hearts blowing kisses to very vulgar, um, videos and photos that he was sending, um, lots of lies, all kinds of stories. And this is again, just what people are telling me. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, 36, women is, is a lot of women, um, to all come out with claims against this one guy. And so it's just, it's just this crazy, crazy lesson and trusting your gut is what it is. No, for no, sure. For sure. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. Stand by. <laughs> I also, I also I'm well, I appreciate you telling your story. And here's the thing is that what basically what you described shows that it, it, it's beyond online harassment. It, 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 he took it uh, into in-person harassment and acting in a way that's, that's totally inappropriate. And, um, having this community to sort of hide behind, uh, I think is something that he, he definitely took advantage of. Um, and, and it just goes to show how your bravery, um, helped all these other women come forward. Right. They all, all these women who, who said, yeah, me too. Um, and it's like, it, it's like, there's a, it's ironic that I say that, but it's like so perfect that that's the hashtag. It's so appropriate because that's not the first time I've said it without actually really referring to the Me Too movement. I really, truly meant it um, in that, uh, that that's exactly it, you know, that, that you raise your hand and then other people will, um, you know, 
find that comfortable space to be able to say, yeah, I, I, it happened to me too. It's not okay. And, you know, and let's, let's talk about it and, and try to at least stop this one predator, right? Because all of you talking about it might not have an effect on keeping other people from doing it. But I think, I mean, my hope would be that the more of us talk about what's going on, that the more people who might have that propensity, that, that maybe they won't. Or maybe they'll stop. I mean, that's it. That's, that's one hope, you know, that I, that I would have um, from, from all of this. Um, so prior to this experience, had you gone through anything similar to this? I, um, yeah, unfortunately, I, I mean, I, I have in my background, some, some incidents really throughout my entire life, you know, when I was eight years old, I was molested by my father. Um, when I was in college, I was raped. Um, and it's just all these kind of experiences that you, my very first job, I was sexually harassed. I was 17 years old. I was a reporter for a newspaper. Um, my first job ever. And my city editor was sexually harassing me and was, you know, making comments about, you know, how good I looked in my pants and, you know, even at 17 years old, very first job, I was like, that's not right. I need to say something. Um, and I, it's just been, you know, and I don't, I, I don't know a woman who's never gone through any of that. Um, it's just still, it's like, I, I, even after going through all of these things, I feel like I should have paid more attention to those red flags. And so, you know, I, I get upset with myself, even though I know I shouldn't, but I get upset with myself that I didn't pay more attention and say something sooner. And I feel a lot of guilt because, because of my friendship with this man and my mutual friendship with him and others, there were a lot of women who didn't come forward and say anything and do anything because, because of me. And I mean, that's, that's, that weighs on me very heavily too. And so while I know, and I can tell myself and I can understand that I'm not supposed to feel guilty or feel responsible um, or feel like I should have or could have done anything better. I, I mean, that's just something that's kind of with me right now. It's, it's very, it's all very new and recent too, though. So, right. Yeah. Well, uh, while I, while it's understandable, um, I would hope, I hope you'll be able to get past that because, uh, everyone owns their own stuff, right? Like all of those individuals should be able to like, on the fact that they, they, um, you know, they also could have spoken up. However, you know, I think that I would like to, to talk a little bit about, um, you know, how to recognize and how to maybe like what to do. So, um, I, uh, and I'm going to just share a brief example for me, um, how I feel like law, the law hasn't really caught up, um, with, with crimes that get committed using technology. Um, I personally, uh, was not harassed online, but my photographs were being used for romance scams. So 
basically cybercrime and attempted cybercrimes. Um, all I know is that uh, somebody or a group of individuals was using my pictures to catfish men on Match.com, um, and they were trying to get money from them. So I had three different men who uh, Google search, re- reverse Google searched my photo um, to find, and then found my business website and then found me as a result, um, the real me, uh, to let me know that this was going on because for, to them, they didn't know if it was like identity theft or, you know, exactly what was going on. I even had the San Diego police department at my door because the Sunnyvale police department was investigating and they couldn't get a hold of me. And so they had asked them to just like do a courtesy stop by. And so then at this point it was the third time I had heard of it. And later that day I got an email from the gentleman that, that it was happening to. And so it wasn't directly to me, but I felt very violated. It was the strangest feeling. Like I, and I, and I thought like those, so those three guys spoke up, think about all the guys that didn't speak up. Think about all the guys that maybe felt for it. Um, cause I feel like that's something you don't keep doing unless you're like getting away, getting away with it or that you're having some level of success of it. So, um, so anyway, so yeah, so that for me, that's the only experience that I've, I've had, but nothing could be done basically unless money changed hands, unless a crime was committed. Um, there's nothing that the law could do. But I think on this front that there are um, some advances being advancements being made and there's some organizations um, that you can turn to. And I'm going to share um, some of those resources. Um, and I asked Jen if um, she's helping me out with links today. Jen, why don't you first drop the, um, the Facebook link, the first link story um, in case anybody wants to read um, into detail. I mean, maybe somebody's watching or somebody's you know, listening to this on the replay and maybe they were also one of those people affected by this person. You know, we don't need to name his name. I'm sure that, uh, you know, that you said enough for anybody to recognize. Um, and then they can read the story because the detail is, um, is on Facebook. Um, but yeah, so that's just kind of my own personal, uh, dealing, with it, which absolutely is does not even uh, compare. So, um, and for those comparison, I, I don't think, and you know, I think it's important to note too that you know, whether it's catfishing or sexual harassment or some kind of emotional, mental manipulation, or um, you know, dogpiling, bullying, like right. there's so many forms of, of harassment that happen every day. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so let's turn the focus a little bit towards recognizing it, um, and having the courage to end it, to speak up like you did. Um, and then, and then maybe, uh, people can find some tools to cope. I mean, like I said, maybe if abusers are made aware of the consequences that they might think twice. So I found, um, found a few articles that I just wanted to briefly, there's a weird on how stuff works. There's a thing on, uh, 10 different kinds of online harassment, which, um, you know, you wouldn't, I didn't think like, wow, there's like 10 different ways. Um, so it's a really good article to like, just read through to kind of see, recognize even from a high level if, if some of this might be happening to you or your child or someone else in your life, you know, someone you love. Um, so 
this this woman, Jane Hitchcock, uh, she's a cybercrime and cyberbullying expert, and she's president of the volunteer organization Working to Halt Online Abuse. Um, uh, her group gets about 70 cases a week. So people who go to them and say, this is happening to me. Um, and she said, usually they file a complaint um, with the company that it's happening on. But, you know, we know how hard that is, right? Like to get Twitter or Facebook to really do anything unless unless it's super extreme. Um, but um, then they file uh, police reports as well, sometimes depending on the incident. So um, that's a resource that Jen's going to um, drop that link in. Um, to the to the um, comments, um, and then there's another organization called HaltAbuse.org, and um, basically this article said that cyberstalking laws are becoming stricter and stricter because it's you know it's escalating, and then some of the crime some of the criminals are actually serious criminals and um, and are taking things offline, um, which you know we've all seen that behind the scenes stuff, right? Like on Dateline in 2020 and it's just, it's super scary. So, but the more um, prolific online world becomes for people and, and kids as they get older, the more um, I think we're going to be seeing um, this kind of stuff. So um, haltabuse.org. Oh, I put that in there twice, Jen. So yeah, just need to do that once. Um, so what do you think, what have you personally done um, in terms of, um, well, I guess I'll ask one thing. Like, what was what was the turning point for you to to speak up, um, and and then what what have you been doing to sort of personally cope to make this easier for you to deal with? The turning point for me was knowing that he had done it to someone else, and um, you know that started with just one person, and and then that number kept growing but really all it took for me to want to stop him was knowing that he had done this to someone else I think there's something um about when it happens to us and we think you know especially when you're questioning everything that's going on and you're you're kind of being manipulated in that way um you think you know this is my problem to deal with this is my thing to handle um but I think the, the switch flipped when I knew it was, there were, my friends were being hurt too. Um, in terms of how I personally have coped, talking to friends has been the biggest thing. Um, you know, I was, I, I made a public post and I put it on my Facebook profile publicly. I put it in my Facebook group, which was public, and I put it in some other groups. And I mean, I just, I put it out there because I felt like, you know, and at the time when I posted it, it was 12 and then it kept growing. But I felt like, you know, if these posts make one woman aware of what's going on and stop, you know, him from hurting one other person, then it's totally worth it. Um, and and I, I have no regrets. But before making those posts, when I was clicking the publish button, I mean, it was it was terrifying because I didn't know how it was going to be accepted. Because we, we had so many mutual friends. And um, I didn't know how those friends were going to react. Um, so it was, it was scary. But, you know, the, the outpouring of support has been incredible. Um, and I think that without that support, um, I would have done the post anyway. But uh, that, that support has certainly made it a lot easier. 
Um, and, you know, just taking steps to protect myself is another way that I've coped. Um, I'm speaking at a conference in um, next month. And, you know, I, I just, I have, I don't, I, I have this fear and I hope that it's unrealistic, but, you know, I'm, I talk to the organizers of the conference. I talk to um, security at the venue and, you know, it's just, just trying to take steps to make myself feel comfortable because, you know, when I initially made the post, I said, I'm just, I'm never going to go to a social media event ever again. Like I just don't even want to put myself in that situation. And so at least now I'm, I'm going, um, I'm just, I'm taking the, the steps to make sure I feel safe. Um, have you considered a restraining order? Well, a lot of people have suggested that. I think that with us living in different states, plus these instances of the in real life harassment happening in different places all over the country, I mean, it's, it's kind of, I think it would be hard to enforce and hard to even get in place. And I think that, you know, those things are probably hard to enforce anyway. And so it wasn't, that wasn't a route that I decided to take. Um, I think one plus for me at least gives me some peace of mind. And I don't, I don't know that this person is dangerous by any means, but I, I do have a fear, um, of some kind of retaliation, I guess. But, you know, I live in a, a brand new house in a brand new neighborhood that doesn't show up on GPS. And so I figure if I can't even get pizza delivered, it's probably unlikely that someone from a different state could track me down. But, um, that gives me some peace of mind. So no, no. Um, but I think another, you know, step toward me feeling safe is just people knowing about this. Um, you know, a friend of mine told me less than an hour ago, you know, if, if there was ever any sort of threat of retaliation, you know, your friends would step in and, and take care of that. And um, so I feel I feel very loved and very protected. Um, and I'm very grateful for everyone's support. Yeah, it, it sounds like you've got a great tribe. Because, um, yeah, that was my question. Like, and I think that that might be the hesitation from some people coming forward is, is fear of retaliation. But I would hope that people would be brave like you. Um, and I work in the meetings and events industry and a, a bunch of women have come forward and it's gotten a conversation going because it's it's harassment and stuff like that has been pretty prominent within that world. Um, I think for a long time, but it just goes to show that no industry, no no area of anything is immune from any kind of abuse. And it could be by a man or a woman. I want to make that clear. Like this is like, it goes, it happens um, from both sides. And um, I think that the only way to continue to improve things is to continue to talk about it. And I'm so grateful that you spoke up and, and I, I just had, I was like, I have to have her on. So for those of you listening on the, on the replay, or if you join the broadcast late, um, Christy and several other women, a few dozen other women um, were the victims of a, of an online harasser who became an offline harasser who, um, who she decided to speak up about. And so 
through that has now um, told her story a couple of times. And um, I had to have her on because I think it's such an important topic. And um, I hope if you listen to this on the replay or if you watch it on the replay that you'll share this um, and keep the conversation going because it's, it's just so important. So in terms of um, resources, Hopefully, um, we've shared a, a few links to a few different places. Jen, if you want to pop that last link in there, really good article about, um, you know, recognizing it, all of the uh, different things um, surrounding um, online harassment. But as we know, it goes beyond the screen. Um, is there anything else you want, you want to share? Or um, I, think, I think it's important. You know, I, I talk a lot about those red flags um, that I wish I'd paid attention to. And I think it's important for everyone watching and listening to this to know that you know, if someone makes you feel uncomfortable, you don't need any explanation other than this makes me feel uncomfortable to tell them to stop and or to cut off contact. Um, that That's all it takes. And you don't need to make any excuses for yourself. Um, just knowing that it, it, and it's hard when, you know, especially in situations like mine where it's a friend and you have mutual friends and it's just, it's confusing all the way around, but right. Just knowing, giving yourself permission to just put a stop to whatever is making you feel uncomfortable or making you feel creeped out or weirded out or violated in any way. There's no excuse. And no matter how many friends somebody has or followers or, you know, listeners or whatever, no matter how popular somebody is, what their name is, how many books they've written, none of that matters. That does not give them an excuse to harass you. For sure. Well, and well, pink flags become red flags. So even if it's a little thing, um, know that you can step away, you can walk away, you can say something. Um, and I think it's super smart, even though I know it was hard and you're like nervous about this, this conference that you're going to, it, you can't let him control your life. Like this is your life. This is what you do. And you should be out there and speaking and doing, um, doing your thing and continuing to shine, uh, like you have been like, he, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve any any way shape or form to put a stop to any of that so i salute you for that thank you ah, okay so everyone is just um gushing about how um thanking you for for being brave enough to stand up um i don't see any questions but um i want to thank you again this um, as I, you know, as usually happens, the half, the half hour goes by pretty fast. Um, can you want to share how, um, people can find you? Yes, they I'm, touch with you? I am Chris Gillentine everywhere on social media, K-R-I-S and then Gillentine, uh, G-I-L-L-E-N-T-I-N-E. And, um, I just uh, thank you so much for continuing this conversation. And I hope that others here continue this conversation. As you said, it's, it's an important one to have. Um, and so I'm just, I appreciate you for doing this. Oh, you're so welcome. And this video will be put also on to YouTube and then the audio will be pulled and we'll put on the, on the podcast. So hopefully we'll get lots of, uh, 
amplification on all those platforms to, um, to continue the talk and, and to share your story. So I really appreciate you being with us. This has been episode 20 in season two of Making a Marketer, and we will catch you next time.